Welcome to Cover Stories, the podcast where we talk to musicians we like about music they love. I'm your host, Eric, and every week I invite different artists to cover a song of their choice and discuss what it means to them. This week we have Milo, formerly of the local band Stuck Zipper and Druggist, taking on Astro Zombies by The Misfits. We go into great detail about what The Misfits mean to him, but also find time to talk about his holy trinity of favorite bands. We discuss the state of the union that is Weezer. And he shares how much he loves bands like Turnstile and Pup. Milo also reflects on what the San Antonio music scene was like in the late 90s and early 2000s. This is Cover Stories. Welcome back to Cover Stories. I've got Milo, formerly from the band Druggist, amongst a bunch of other bands from San Antonio. How's it going? Doing good, man. Nervous, but I'm good. I think you'll be all right. Um, <laughs> he's going to be covering uh, the Misfits um, Astro Zombies. Yeah. And uh, let's just jump right into it. What made you decide to choose this song? Uh, it could have been any song by the Misfits. They're my favorite band ever. Um, there's just something about that song that kind of translate to a fun silly little acoustic version that i always kind of like to play just messing around um so i thought i'd give that one a shot cool i you know listening to it i i want to say this is probably the earliest song i've ever heard with like gang vocals because <laughs> i can't think of a, a song before this that had like those type of gang vocals yeah yeah i, I can't yeah i don't think maybe blitzkrieg bob had the hey hoes but yeah it was a little different yeah i think um it it's also, I mean, a lot of their songs sound like 50s rock, but this is like the most 50s rock of, of their like more popular songs that yeah. I can think of. Yeah, like American Nightmare is one I thought about doing, but that one is like almost untouchable in a way to me. It's one of the, I think it's like the first song I heard by the Misfits. Oh, really? Yeah. So like, it's got this kind of Holy Grail vibe to it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to touch it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just, I'm just scared I'll ruin it. Um. I would tell you the first Misfit song that I ever heard if you promise not to judge me. I probably will. <laughs> it was Dig, Dig Up Her Bones. <laughs> I uh, was flipping through, like, you know how, like, on the satellite they have, like, those hundred channels with, like, just music? Yeah. So I went to, like, the punk rock one when I was, like, 10 or 11, <laughs> and that came up. I'm like, oh, this is the Misfits. This is what this is all about. <laughs> That's what that skull means. Yeah. No, it doesn't, Eric. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you know, this was on Among Us or Walk Among Us. Yeah. And, uh, this is considered their first album, even though it was the third one recorded. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I've always just been really into Static Age. Like, I, yeah. I love, well, Static Age and Legacy of Brutality, because even though they're technically like the same album, they have a lot of the same tracks. On yeah. Them, the different mixes and stuff. Um, like Astro Zombies, the first time I heard it was on the collection. Yeah, and it's a completely different mix, and it, it sounds completely different. So, like every time I hear Walk Among Us, it sounds like the first time I'm here. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so great. I love it. I, I want to say so. I mean, I, at least I heard Dig Up Her Bones, and then I remember falling in love with them because of Hybrid Moments, because of Jackass. Oh yes, there was a like a thing where. Chris Pontius dressed like a werewolf, and <laughs> I always associate hybrid moments with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was an awesome. 
bit. I remember just like freaking out here in the Misfits. <laughs> do you um do you have like a top ten or top five or even top three songs or did they kind of just Old High Remotes is my favorite. Okay. Like, that song I uh that's the first Misfits song I learned on guitar. Okay, cool. So I, I thought about doing that one too, but um so definitely hybrid moments. Um one of their lesser popular songs, Theme for a Jackal. Okay. Um and I really couldn't list a third, but I know those two just like stand out to me for hybrid moments for like sentimental reasons almost. Yeah. When I when I got to finally see him live in Chicago with Danzig. Oh I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> Cried during that song. <laughs> <laughs> how how was that? Was that like did it did it live up to your expectations? It did. It surpassed them, dude. It was amazing. Like we were camped out like on the side all day, right on the side of the stage, not too close, but close enough. And uh, from my viewpoint, I could see Danzig in the back, like getting pumped right before <laughs> right before they came out, and they started "Death Comes Ribbon" and. He curled in like, like 20 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> He's just running back and forth, dude. I was like, oh my God, there he is. <laughs> just like losing my mind. And then the crowd went nuts and people started like crying to get out like immediately. It was like the most intense show I've ever seen. It was, it was amazing. That's awesome, man. Um, I, I was looking, doing a lot of research and uh, I, I came across the, the Nardwar interview from like Warp Tour, like. 01 or 02 and it's when Jerry only enlisted when he took over singing yeah and he got Marky Ramon and um Dez from Black Flag yeah and it was weird but it also it was it also made me kind of like Jerry only a lot yeah um he had this like kind of like dad vibe he totally does he he was talking about like making barbecue for like the other bands <laughs> and like Fat Mike hit him up to go play golf and he's like I'm not Atlas Cooper man you know <laughs> that's awesome I can only imagine having Freaking Jerry only, yeah. just like grilling for you. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a funny thing. Like for the longest time, it's like uh, you gotta love Jerry only because he's obviously a founding member. Yeah, like just him and Danzig is about it, really. And then he goes and kind of tarnishes the legacy for a long time. <laughs> is like the silly way to say it, you know? But it's like. God damn it! But you're you're still Jerry only. But <laughs> stop, please. <laughs> so, so you don't have any like do you have any like hate towards him now, or like was there a point where you're just like, man, fuck that guy? <laughs> it was Michael Graves more than anything. Oh, right. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, that was so bad. But um, you can't hold it against Jerry because he's got to eat, you know. Yeah, and, and kind of the easy way to make that money. Yeah, <laughs> and uh. I never really held it against him. I just wish he would have stopped because <laughs> those like project 1956 stuff. And oh, just, yeah. oh man, it's so hard. It's so hard to listen to. So that, that's, that's funny because I mean, if, if you're not familiar with that album, those listening, um, it's, it's kind of like a covers album and yeah, they do the magic moment, which I've always associated with the Sandlot. Yeah, of course. And it sounds almost the same. Like it's just like <laughs> a little bit more distortion. And he tries to like, was he singing at that time or is I think he, he was singing. Okay. Those, yeah. See, it was like he was doing a Danzig impression. Almost. Like a Danzig Elvis impression. Yeah, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. (laughs) It it sounds like an impression. It doesn't sound like someone singing from the heart or something. Yeah. That's the best way to describe it, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, do you have, like, a favorite album? Um, 
Probably Static Age, too. Yeah. Yeah, because all of those songs I heard first on Legacy Brutality, so they just, I have that that connection to those songs. Uh-huh. Um, and just hearing them, like, mixed really well. And yeah. Kind of, I guess, the way they were supposed to be heard. <laughs> um, it it just speaks to me. That album reminds me so much of Summary by Descendants. Yeah. Because it feels like a greatest hit. It really does, yeah. And those are just the songs they recorded back then. So yeah, that was like yeah. all their songs back then. Yeah, that's that's what's like I think that's what's cool about Static Age versus Legacy Brutality. It's it's like the collection where Danzig kinda went in and remixed his stuff. Yeah. And then even though they remixed Static Age, it's still kind of the original guitars and original bass and stuff. And it just sounds amazing when you finally get to hear it in the modern mixing era. Yeah. Yeah. Like the original recording of She, I don't know if you've ever heard that, the first seven inch they put out. I don't think where so. It's like Danzig on an electric piano. Yeah. Like it's, oh, Before they had a guitarist. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah just, <laughs> every time I hear those, it chills, dude. It sounds so awesome. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, I, I like, uh, I was listening to uh, an interview from 1981 on some, like, uh, some radio station yeah. it was posted on youtube and uh this is a little bit after or maybe a, a year or so after they got um doyle to join the band oh, okay. and it, it's funny because I, I did a lot of research today um because i didn't want to just rest on my laurels of what i knew about the misfits and just be totally wrong and look like embarrass myself in front of you <laughs> <laughs> um but uh you know they were talking and even like danzig was talking about how like Doyle had only been playing guitar for a little while and they were yeah. like, yeah, it goes, we have this like primitive sound and ultimately it felt like that's why he left the band because they weren't good <laughs> at their <laughs> instruments. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like, like evil live, like almost every song on there, there's screw ups. Oh yeah. And like ghouls night out is like the, the one where it's almost, yeah, we kind of got that one right. Like, <laughs> but it's punk rock. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be clean and wonderful. That's, like, that's one thing they were saying in the interview, too. Like, that's like the soul of punk rock. And Yeah, man. You know, even even Jerry was saying, it's like, yeah, I'm a lot more primitive on this album, you know. <laughs> uh, sound like I don't know how to play. <laughs> um, Sounds like. Yeah. How <laughs> um, was I going to say? I was going to bring it, I was bringing that up because um, did you, I mean, were you listening? When did you start listening to them? Uh, so like either my eighth grade year or my freshman year, like my best friend at the time, Joey, who I've been in a lot of bands with, uh, introduced me to them and changed my life. <laughs> did you, did you initially like pick a side? Like, or were you even aware no, of that? Like, there was no, uh, when I heard him, there was no Michael Graves yet. Okay. There, yeah. That stuff hadn't come out. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was just all old school misfits. So that's probably why I hold it a little bit dearly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, when, um, how do you feel about like Danzig's other, like, uh, like a solo stuff and Sam Hain? Yeah. Um, and like the first four or five albums, there's a lot of good stuff on Danzig, on those Danzig albums. And after that, it's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Some, some, some good stuff here and there. It's just, it doesn't, doesn't hit the soul the same way. Yeah. Is a lot of the other I like stuff. Mother. I mean. Of course. Yeah. yeah that's, that's so early. Like, how can you not? That. But, like. Oh man, he did. He does like these soulful songs on a lot of the early albums, like, um, like Sistinus and uh, Less Than Zero, which I think was the first song after, um, after Sam Hain, uh-huh. like right before it became Danzig. It 
it was on the Less Than Zero soundtrack, and it was like oh, okay. Glenn Danzig in the Fury Orchestra or something <laughs> like that, like Sound and Fury Orchestra, something weird. But it's like a really cool 50s Roy Orbison type oh, really? vibe. Yeah, like probably right around the time he wrote a song for him or something. But, dude, that stuff sounds amazing. Like I wish he would put out he would have put out an album of just that because I think yeah. it's supposed to be. Well, I, I know he's putting out like an Elvis covers yeah. album soon, right? <laughs> That's can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's interesting because I, I I watched some interviews right before they got back together with Rolling Stone, and one thing that was interesting is that was the first time I've seen him in an interview where he was likable. <laughs> like he didn't come across as like being an asshole. He didn't come yeah. across, you know. He came. Is he very like kind of like. I don't know how to describe it. He was just very like honest and sincere. Yeah. And he was talking about how like one of the reasons he started a band and got into punk rock was because he hated the radio. He hated journey. He hated, um, you know, the, these bands that were out there. Yeah. And it's funny because like one of some of his biggest influence were guys like Roy Orbison and yeah. like Elvis. Jim Morrison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they were like really popular, the popular music that inspired him. Yeah. But I mean, I get what he's saying. Different There's, areas that popular music changes. Yeah, you either connect to it or you don't. Yeah, and then there's a commercial aspect of it as well. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. Uh, it's called Fiendcast. Oh, I don't know if you've already listened to no, it. No, but I like the title. So yeah, it's it's a Misfits <laughs> podcast, and the guys were talking about how um, they really wanted to know what he thought of Kiss because oh. they share a lot of the same imagery. Yeah. But Kiss is like you know. <laughs> I think Jerry and Doyle. Really, really love Kiss. Oh, really? You know, it's funny because on that same podcast, they were talking about how the dynamic between Jerry Only and and Glenn was just, it's really interesting because Jerry and Doyle are are like jocks. Yeah. They're, you know, they like sports and they like picking up chicks and like (laughs) Danzig was like the nerd. Like he was playing D&D. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I guess they just came together in their love of like horror music and, and punk rock. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool dynamic though. Yeah, I love it. Um, so we, this is a, a podcast where we talk, we, we do covers and we talk about them. What are some of your favorite covers of Misfit songs? Uh, as much as like American Nightmare seems scary for me to cover, like the Tiger Army cover of that oh, really? is really good, um, of American Nightmare and, uh, the Icarus line, uh, did this really cool cover of Angel Fuck. Oh, really? It's kind of like, like old school My Bloody Valentine. Oh, wow. Like. It sounds amazing. Like, I can't find it streaming any, anywhere. I haven't looked for it in a while, but I have the 7-inch the of it. That's probably, like, my favorite cover of a Misfits song. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like Evan Dando from the Lemonheads. He did Skulls. He did Skulls. He does a good one. I, I want- like Bleached. Like, Bleached did Skulls. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. For that AV Undercover. Undercover. Yeah, and then I got to see him once, like, my girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time, my wife, loves Bleached. Um and we went to go see him at Emo's, like, one of their first small shows. Emo's, fuck. Uh, yeah. No, it was uh, the Mohawk. Okay. And uh, they were playing the small room. Oh. Yeah. So that's how early it was in, in their little career. And they did a, a horror hotel. Oh, and, really? Yeah, dude. And I just lost my shit when they started playing <laughs> it. So, yeah, that. That they do great covers of, of Misfits songs. Yeah, I, I've, I think I've seen YouTube of them doing like hybrid moments also. Oh, really? Yeah, I think. I know they did another one uh, other than those two, but I think their cover of Skulls made that my favorite like <laughs> song by the Misfits. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I'm glad you brought up Bleach, though, because I feel like Danzig's voice translates really well to female singers. It really does. It's a weird thing. There's that that group. We talked about it once. Like It's like two girls. Yeah, uh, uh, Katie Kickball. I can't remember her real last name. <laughs> from Vivian Girls. Yeah. Her and then Greta, I can't remember her name either. <laughs> but she was, she was in um, this, like, twee pop band. Um, they were, like, on Drive Through Records. Yeah. But they do an amazing cover of Where Eagles Dare. Yeah, it sounded awesome. It, I remember hearing that. It sounds really cool. It reminded me a lot of, um, did you ever get into, I can't pronounce it, Novelle Vague or Novelle? No. It's like, um, it's a group of people that do Bossa Nova covers of like 80s, like new wave and punk songs. Oh, cool. They do a cover of uh, Too Drunk to Fuck. <laughs> uh, which is amazing, and they have like it just sounds super jazzy calypso, yeah, so like Brazilian jazz yeah. type. Oh, I love yeah. that stuff. So. Yeah, it's really cool, and and they they don't do a misfit song, but I mean that, that reminds me of that. Like, yeah. uh, Katie Katie Goodman and Greta something, Greta Morgan. I think <laughs> that's what it is. Go. Yeah, <laughs> I put them on like all my cover playlists too, and I can't remember <laughs> their name. Um, but uh, yeah, I really like the way that translates, and then. The lead singer of Bleach just does a really cool job with skulls. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, what are some of uh, your other... Did you have any other kind of favorite covers or anything like that? Um, I, I can't think of them at the moment, but, you know, it, I loved those uh, Before You Were Punk. Oh, yeah. Comps, like, back in the day, and just all these eight covers of 80s songs, like, uh, just love 80s songs, period, and doing them for karaoke. But, um, yeah, I... I I have a lot of covers that I do like. I just can't think of them right now. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, either Dance With Myself or Take On Me. Oh, really? Yeah, Uptown Girl. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything in the 80s I'll probably do. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, that was something we talked about on the very first episode was like go-to karaoke songs. And yeah. There's this like kind of fluidity to this podcast because we bring up bring it up a lot, but I guess that's just the nature of, of like of my covers, friends yeah. of who I'm having on. Yeah, you know? um, I, I like I like I like '80s music a lot more now than I did when I was a teenager. I used to hate like anything new wave, and I had a, a roommate in college who was really into that. And yeah. his favorite band is Van Halen. I've brought him up a few times. And he made me love Van Halen. <laughs> it's weird, but it just yeah. yeah. Van Halen with with David Lee Roth, of course, right? You know, we talk about that <laughs> episode. Um, yeah, so I, I prefer David Lee Roth, but I don't dislike Sammy Hagar's. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's the Michael Graves thing. It's just, <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't hit the same way like, <laughs> as much as you want it to. It just doesn't. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, going back to the Misfits, um, I was in the research. I forgot how because I read that that audio or the uh, oral um, history of uh, like CBGB's the punk scene. Uh, yeah. Please kill me, yeah, or kill me please, something like that, uh-huh. um, by Lex McNeil. And Derry only was in the apartment when Sid Vicious died. Really, he, he was partying with Sid Vicious's then girlfriend because he had just gone out of jail, and he was just like hanging out and like they were partying while he was in the bedroom, like shooting That's up. Insane. Yeah, I never knew that. it's like a he's like a part of that history. Um, do you probably notice because you're a mega Misfits fan? Do you know why he's called Jerry Only? Because they misspelled his name yeah. on the first seven inch. Yeah. I learned that today. So now it's just Jerry Only Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. I love it. <laughs> do you have any other Misfits stories or any like fun facts? I did see the Misfits with Michael Graves. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, but. <laughs> 
at the time, I was just so excited to see them playing again. Yeah. Like, I didn't care. And it was the first album, so is that the White Rabbit? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And I was just I was just excited to see The Misfits. It was Jerry and, and Doyle, and that was really all I So, like, 97? Probably, yeah. Probably 96, 97. Do you remember your first show? Yes. Jawbreaker... Uh, Kim Dillon, the Amps, and the Foo Fighters. Oh, shit. Yeah, We're- probably their very first tour uh, at Live Oak Civic Center. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. That's a, that's a cool... That's such a better one than, like, me and the friends I've talked to. See, like, my first concert, if you want to be technical, was Gloria Stefan. Oh, really? <laughs> my, and the sound my, machine? Yeah, my, my aunt and uncle took me, and that was it was awesome. But, like, my first show, you know, that was Foo Fighters, Jawbreaker. And mine was Warped Tour, so. Uh, dude, you can't go wrong with the Warped Tour. Yeah. You get so many fucking bands. It's like a, an initiation. Yeah. Especially man. back then. Yeah, yeah. As a young kid, it's like, oh, there's going to be tons of people. It's in the daylight, so your parents don't have to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's not some random, like, dodgy club. I went with my uncle and my, my cousins, and, uh, like, he, he was, uh, my brother and I was, was our first show. Yeah. So he was kind of like our, he wasn't our babysitter, but he got me into the Misfits and got me into punk rock. Nice. So it was kind of like, a, it was cool to like Good be man. along. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned life, uh, you mentioned Jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've talked to you a lot about like my holy trinity of favorite bands. And I think yours is the Misfits, Jawbreaker and Lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So. Two Jersey bands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How, uh. Do you feel like they've all kind of led to each other? Or do you feel like you just kind of... It's it's funny, like, in a way, yeah, because, uh, I mean, Lifetime's a punk rock band from New Jersey. Yeah. So I feel like it's just in them. <laughs> like, yeah. maybe they were born and it was just in them. Yeah. <laughs> Whether yeah. they know it or not. But, uh, like, one of the early Jawbreaker things where it's uh, with or without, what is it? With or without you two, uh-huh. where they oh, do like yeah. a medley of covers, and <laughs> one of them is uh, with skulls, oh, really? like mixed in there with turning Japanese and with or without you by you two. So, like, you can't help but if you're in punk rock, I feel like you can't help but be by influenced by the Misfits. I, yeah, I could be totally wrong, but that's just because they're my favorite band. <laughs> but when you listen to Jawbreaker, a lot of their stuff's like, like Bivouac is way more melancholy than anything the misfits ever did like, yeah and you know, especially dear you like punk rock is there for sure but it just feels a lot darker and sadder yeah <laughs> it's, it's so interesting they were like touring with nirvana and like yeah. it was a weird i mean it it makes sense but also kind of makes you kind of like raise an eyebrow yeah yeah because you don't really associate them even though kurt was a big fan yeah yeah but again like i said if you listen to bivouac especially that sounds a lot more like '90s alternative emo. Whatever There's rolling bass lines. Yeah, 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 and just kind of droning. Yeah, and sadness and like you feel the sadness. Yeah, <laughs> you feel the darkness. It's that's there with that album. Like so, yeah. Obviously, they're they're influenced, but you could totally if you heard the band, you could say, "Oh no, they they never heard the Misfits. They didn't, or they listened to them, but yeah, not really influenced by them." It's you can hear it both ways. It's a weird thing with those bands. There's a weird like sense of like there there's there's different roots of, of punk rock and yeah. There's a lot of 
Venn diagrams where the misfits kind of fall in between that, and yeah, especially like like a lot of the like third wave emo bands that like I mean, a lot of them are from New Jersey, so it's yeah. kind of that's like you know not saying you like like saying you don't like the misfits is like saying you don't like the boss there, you know, <laughs> yeah. like. And w- how do you feel about like the younger bands? I know like My Chemical Romance did a cover of Astro Zombies. <laughs> I haven't heard it. Why did I don't remember hearing it? You never played Tony Hawk Pro Skater? That was Wasteland. I don't, I don't think that was the only oh, one I skipped. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's all right. Like, I didn't really like the band, but their their cover was pretty straightforward. So you can't really, like, <laughs> if they're just playing the song, it, it's hard to hate it. Really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, versus a cover where somebody just tears it apart oh, and yeah. rebuilds it and it doesn't sound anything like it or something. Do you have an example of that type of cover that just, like, completely... Like, like Marilyn Manson, like, Sweet Dreams. Oh. Like, you know, <laughs> like, as, as much as people love it, it's it's really not that great of a cover, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> do you prefer covers that, that are a little bit more, like, honest to the original sound or that kind of do their own thing, or does it depend? It depends. Yeah. Like, you gotta, you gotta nail it. Like I said, yeah. the, the Icarus line one, of the cover of Angel Fuck, it sounds like my bloody Valentine, and... That sounds nothing like the Misfits, but it's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's you just got to get it right. You gotta yeah. It. There's a so my favorite one of my favorite bands is Pixies, and there's a tribute album, and Not a Surf does a cover of Where's My Mind, and oh, they yeah. make it kind of like a little digital. Yeah, yeah. And it's so fucking cool. <laughs> I remember hearing that one. That's a good cover. Yeah, and then and then also Weezer, who's another one of my favorite bands, does Valoria. Valoria, I love their cover. Oh Valoria. man, I I think I like it more than the original. Yeah, really? I just just the the whininess, and I and I say whininess not as an insult, but like River's <laughs> voice for that, and then the like discordance of the the chords, like yeah. it's just more, and it's present in the Pixies original, but. It just feels more like... In the early Weezer, they had that that fuzz. Like, yeah. The guitars, it just sounded so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it is just where Weezer has gone with their careers has been more of like a reaction yeah. than anything else. Yeah. And like Rivers just wants to be loved, you know, <laughs> like by, by fans, you know? Yeah, he doesn't want to... He overcompensates. Yeah, he doesn't just... want to live in the closet to make me yeah. pretend anymore. <laughs> Um, just, what do you think of the Teal album, like Toto's Africa and all I that? Haven't, I haven't listened to it. I maybe heard whatever's on the radio oh, yeah. or whatever singles got played wherever. I don't like it at all. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Pinkerton's a really important album to me. Like, Misfits and Pinkerton and this band called Self that I told you about. Yeah. Like, that their first album, like, or a strange combination of albums that really made me want to be in a band and yeah. actually start a band. And so like hearing Weezer now versus like Pinkerton and the blue album, it's just like, Oh man, what, what happened? Like <laughs> you, you used to move me so much. Now I just, I feel so disconnected from it. It's like, even if I don't like it, just feeling disconnected yeah. from it is, is a totally different thing than being like, oh, you sold out. It's just like, <laughs> I still want you to, yeah. to be a band that I love, but you're you're not that anymore. What do you think of the White Album? I thought the White <laughs> Album was great. Uh, what I heard, I, I liked okay, but it, it didn't hit me. Like, I never, I think I maybe revisited it once. Uh-huh. So it was like, I didn't hate it, but 
I couldn't name a song, honestly. It's it's a little nostalgic because it's yeah. almost like they're doing new versions of their old songs. Yeah, yeah. But I was all about it. <laughs> um, I have a friend who uh, I went to Wrecking Ball in Atlanta, and I was kind of just taking a break, and I ran into a friend, and we started. That was right after that that album came out, and yeah. there's a part in one song. And he was talking, I was like, yeah, man, that chorus, it, like, it made me cry. I'm like, thank you. I didn't want to tell anybody else that, but yeah, me too. It just, it just, it felt like they're back. Yeah, if it moves you that much, I'm going to revisit Yeah, you should check it out. Like, maybe I went in with eyes and heart closed instead of like. Well, the album before that, Everything's Gonna Be Alright in the End, that's the only, like, newer album I haven't really checked out. Yeah. And everyone was saying it was great because Rico Kasich came back oh, to produce cool. it. And, um... I, I, I mean, he did the Blue Album, yeah, and this yeah. is something you and I talked about. <laughs> I've come to realize that the Blue Album is better than Pinkerton, oh. even though Pinkerton <laughs> hits the feels more and is more important <laughs> to me, the Blue Album is a better record. It's hard to say that when I feel like music is so, uh, is it objective? Yeah. Or subject. subjective. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's like, if it moves you that much, it's it's better, you know? Even if this has better songs technically and you know they got the solos down and yeah. the sound is amazing <laughs> it's like <clears throat> excuse me if it doesn't move you that much it's is it really better like it's all about what it does to you i feel like so I, this is one of the things I, i've kind of struggled with a little bit because I, I sound I, I'll, I'll be hypocritical about it from time to time but objectively it's better subjectively pinkerton's better and <laughs> yeah like it, I, I love both of those albums. Pinkerton, I didn't listen to Pinkerton until 06. Did you hear it when it first came out? Yeah, yeah, because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I fucking loved it immediately. Like, it was, like, nonstop that whole year I played that album. Um, my best friend in high school, she had a best friend, and I dated her best friend. <laughs> and she broke up with me because she thought I was, because I had a crush on my best friend. <laughs> long story either way <laughs> my best friend got me that album for for my uh, birthday in my senior year of high school it was 05 actually and um Ten years after it came out. yeah yeah i mean i was familiar with like oh score show and like the singles that just, that, that just made me feel old because <laughs> i was in high school when it came out so like you're in high school 10 oh, but years you were like a freshman in high school when it came out right sophomore so, okay <laughs> I'm trying to help and it's making it worse. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I remember I was at work and she she literally broke into my car to put it in there as like a surprise. And that there's so many aspects of that album that like it, like it was true to life. Like that yeah. girl I dated, I had heard that she when she broke up at me, she started dating a girl. So pink triangles means <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and I was just like, man, like this is like. It feels like that movie Stranger Than Fiction. This yeah. this album is controlling my life. Dude, yeah, that's so funny. Like, um, why bother? Like, yeah, it's just that little start that doom, 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 doom. like the first song I wrote for my first like real band that that played shows and stuff. Stuck Zipper started out with a little bass line. It was because I was so influenced by Pinker Dance. Like da 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 da. It's like almost not even trying to hide it. After that, yeah. it sounds different. But like. If it wasn't for that album, like, yeah. I probably wouldn't have written that song and gone on to write a whole bunch of other ones with other bands. Like. I think it's a testament to you, just going off, like, Pinkerton meant more to me, like, lyrically. 
Yeah. But when it comes to being a musician, I felt like I copy Blue Album more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like I just copied whatever I heard because uh-huh. Scott blew up and I found all these Scott bands. Oh, yeah. So, so I wrote a, my first band that, like I said, Stag Zipper, it was just like a punk Scott pop punk thing with horns. And um, so we had a bunch of those influences. And of course, fucking Weezer and Misfits were in there. Yeah. And it's. Yeah, it's, it's like you said. It's like a testament to those to those things that you just hear and you put it back out in your own little filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like if, like, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I've heard people say this one thing, like about the Beatles of all of all bands. Of course, like they just heard like Loving Spoonful, and then they started doing what they're doing. But like, isn't that kind of all music? Like, yeah, we, we hear these things, and it's like, oh, this band is doing something different. I. I want to try doing something different. Maybe not exactly like that, but I want to change it up. And yeah. We all put it out through our own filter. And it's like, if nobody ever did that, we'd never have any different new music. We'd still be listening to like Big Band or something. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it's just, it's a weird thing to put on any band, not just the Beatles. Like, yeah. You heard this and you did it. It's like, well, yeah, I wanted to try it. I wanted to see what happened. <laughs> I wanted to see if I could do it as well or maybe differently. I like that. I mean, there's, there's definitely, obviously, like a level of competition, but there's also the sense of community. Um, the Sgt. Pepper wouldn't exist without Pet Sounds. Yeah. You know, and I love Pet Sounds. I don't really like anything else by the Beach Boys. <laughs> Smile. I haven't really listened to Smile, but I'll give it a try. Cool. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things that I, I definitely, when I was learning these things, I was just like, man, fuck the Beatles, you know? And like, <laughs> I would say that, and then I would like catch myself and be like, oh, wait. Probably shouldn't say that because I don't really mean it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's like I said, if, if nobody put it through their own filter, yeah. what kind of music would we have? Just like, because they did it better doesn't mean that yeah. like, you should hate them. <laughs> exactly. Just because they got it right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, so um, you were in the band Druggist, local San Antonio band? Yeah, that was my, probably the last band I was, I, I did actively, yeah. When was that from? Uh, that was weird because I was in and out of the band a couple times, um, maybe oh five to about like two thousand ten ish. Okay, yeah, but I could be wrong on those dates. Yeah, play like a lot, like the strip, like limelight yeah, and played, uh, limelight, and um, we played Fort Worth a lot. Uh, oh, cool! A place called Black Dog Tavern. Uh, they had a, a lot of friends there. We had some some friends. This band called. Eat- Tonics that we played with a lot up there, um, just wherever we could play, we would, we would play. That's cool. I know before we started recording, I was trying to like describe your band, and the best I could come up with was uh, working class indie rock. <laughs> kind of like you. I mean, some of your songs remind me a lot of like Spoon, um, oh, a little bit of like Fountains of Wayne, and yeah. And, well, how would you describe? Uh, definitely along those lines. Like I kind of I heard the shins in it a bit. Oh, okay, yeah, um, but. I know Blake, uh, the singer and, and wrote most of the songs. He, I know, I think he likes Spoon a lot. Um, so I could definitely see that you would hear that. Yeah, I like just the, like the guitar twinkles and like yeah. yeah. Zach was the, the guitar player and dude was super talented and came up with awesome little guitar lines and little counter melodies and stuff. He was he was awesome. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it's, it's more accented, you know. Yeah. And you guys still can, like, play, and you got your so- solos here and there. Yeah, but yeah. I like when the guitars are just, like, accented and top of the chords. Yeah, he was great at that. 
Yeah, I played bass in, in that band, and uh, and Zach, like I said, he was the lead guitar player, and he just he would nail it, man, every time. That's cool. Um, you guys, I know you showed me some videos where you guys are talking about uh, the band Big Soy, <laughs> and that was that was the first band I ever saw at the Limelight. Yeah, I saw them play. They opened up for Dignan from Denton. Or, oh yeah, are they from Denton? I or? don't remember, but I remember that band name. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think Denton actually, or um, Dignan opened up for them, and they were like, every after every song, they were like, we're broke, buy our merch so we can <laughs> drive back to Denton. And Big Soy, when they came on, they were like, we're also broke, buy our stuff so we can go back home across the street or something like that. It was really Dude, funny. Yeah, we played with Big Soy a lot. They, they were awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they, I really liked them. The, the coolest thing I thought about them, I mean, they wrote good songs and they were fun. Yeah. The drummer played keyboards at the same time he was playing drums. Yeah, yeah. Later, they're, some of their later songs. Sounds funny when you talk about a local band, but we play with them so much. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like, you know, like, yeah, they, they he added those keyboards and it was really cool. It was cool just to watch, too. I think yeah. that was the thing that struck me. I think I was like 17 or 18 and I was just watching this like, wow, this is. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. They were a fun band to play with. Like we played with them, like when they first started coming up, and like it was just John and I think his name was Adam, the drummer. It's just a two piece, and then they added a bass player for a little while. Then they got rid of him. I don't think anybody liked them or something. Oh, really? <laughs> but and then it was just the two piece again, and it's when he started playing with the keyboard every now and then. Yeah, that was so cool. It was. Yeah. I mean. It, it, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is a gimmick. But, like, no, he's actually good at it. So, <laughs> yeah, like, why he not? He pulled it off. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. When we would play, like, I'm trying to remember now some of the, the places we played. There was a place called The Lounge on Avenue B, which isn't there anymore. Yeah. And it was right next to the 1011. Oh, okay. And uh, it used to be the reverb and the generator and I think before that, like, the Green Onion or something. I remember... It being called a generator, I don't, I don't think I ever went there though. <laughs> Dude, before it, my time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the dudes from ID who ran it. Um, JC and Alex and Dave, they actually, I think they lived there. Oh, really? Right, right above it. And they brought in tons of great bands at the time. Um, they brought in, I don't know if you've ever heard of Race Arata, but like, that sounds familiar. It's like their first tour. And they just like, every time they came to town, it got bigger and bigger. But they were the ones who brought them first. That's cool. Yeah, and they brought like Lawrence Arms. Oh, really? Yeah, they 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 brought some really cool bands. They were trying to do something different in the scene, other than at the time, just the White Rabbit was like the only place. To play. Yeah, yeah. So we had you 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 pitched this podcast to Bob, and we had Bob on, and that was yeah. great. It was, it was awesome. He mentioned Wacky's Deli. Yeah, Wacky's is Limelight. Oh, it's really? Yeah. Okay, because he was talking about, like, that sounds so familiar, but I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I saw Marky Ramon there. I saw a lot of bands. Oh, there. really? Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, and we've talked a lot about, like, old bands, and one band that you've brought up that you're really into now is, is Turnstile. Yeah, man, they're fucking awesome. And they're a bunch of kids. Like, do you yeah. feel, like, confident, like, okay, like, the future's in good hands? <laughs> when I hear them and, like, Angel Dust, which is essentially Turnstile with, like, two different guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just... Like three or four of them are in turnstile, but yeah, I hear those bands. I'm like, oh man, this these kids are great, and it's funny. I can say like these kids are great, and actually, yeah. it makes sense now because I'm old. <laughs> but yeah, man, I love that band. 
Yeah, they they were in town with every time I die. If you 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 were yeah, at the show yeah, too, I right? Got yeah, into that show. Yeah, that's when I saw Angel Dust and was blown away by them. Are there any other bands like uh, younger bands that you feel are are doing good stuff? And I'm on the spot. Like, <laughs> there's there's stuff I could probably name, and and I kind of like a pup. Like, there's yeah, like, pup is good. Yeah, like uh, I think I told you that song Factory is like I love that song. Um, but it's some of the bands I've been listening to are like, like Dan Yemen's new band from Lifetime and Kid Dynamite uh, called Open City. Okay. Really cool, like hardcore band and um, the girl singer. And um, I don't know. I there's I'm always trying to find new stuff. Yeah. Like the Bronx have been around for a while, but I love Mariachi. Yeah. It's like that's just kind of some of the stuff that I, I listen to lately but man i'm sure there's something out there i'm just i never thought i would be into like a mariachi band and it's <laughs> funny because in listening to mariachi of bronx i've gone back to like older stuff like old old like i guess more like the hano stuff and it's like yeah. oh like i, I kind of you know like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny like growing up i couldn't stand it but it's just you're young and trying to rebel. yeah and then you hear it now and it's like dude it's like oh man this reminds me of growing up and Love it. Like, yeah. It just reminds me of my parents. Yeah. Like my grandparents. Mariachi Rocks is, is so good, too. And just like, I mean, his voice is so great. Yeah. Their horn line. Their, uh, the trumpet player. The, the thing that turned me on to them to begin with was their trumpet player is the same trumpet player for the band of Mad Caddies. Oh, really? And I was obsessed with them in middle school. I didn't know it was, it was yeah. the same dude. That's um, awesome. I think his name is Keith. He's amazing. He's like one of the yeah. best trumpet players. I remember... My trumpet nerd friends from band would be like, oh, my God, like, how is he? And he was, like, doing stuff, and they're like, this was from 1997. Like, they have mutes for that now, and they didn't have mutes like that back then. How did he make that sound? Like, it was so cool to, like, hear that, to have that, like, intertwine yeah. together. Um, I did have, like, a beef with the Bronx at first because I lost – I they played – at a South by Southwest thing called Mess with Texas. Uh-huh. Did you ever go to that? Yeah, yeah. I think I went to one. It's my favorite part of South by, and I, I can miss <laughs> it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess I know why, but they don't really do it anymore. Yeah. But I was watching Japanther, and I had my um, my uh, my uh, what's it called? Uh, my keys on my belt loop, uh, and like uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a hipster mating call, man. Um, <laughs> And I lost him in the middle of the pit during Japanther. Oh and then the Bronx went on next. And, like, I was this dumb, like, 19-year-old kid. I'm just, like, poking the sound guy. I'm like, hey, man, do you guys, do you guys see some keys? And he just looked at me like I was, like, like, like I was asking for money or something. He just looked at me and just, like, put his headphones back on and, like, ignored me. I was like, man, fuck this bitch. <laughs> I don't even know if he was their sound guy. And then, like, I listened to them later. I'm like, oh, no, I'm dumb. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I got it's funny. Like, I like the Bronx, all right, but man, I love Money. I yeah. They're so good. Yeah, they do. Uh, so, on AV Undercover, they did a cover of um, the Decemberists' um, LA, I Love You. Oh, really? And there's a part where they talk about, like, take your panties or something, and they change the word to chones. <laughs> I thought that was the oh, best thing ever. I love them even more now. <laughs> you should check it out. I think it, it still should be on YouTube yeah. um, somewhere. Um, but yeah. Um, so we're, we're going close to the end here. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to add? Since I'm not playing anything right now. Not really. Um, former podcast guest and my, my close friend, 
check out Bob Ram and the Rams. Uh, I don't know when this is going to come out. I think they're playing like September 14th or something. Things the, might be after, but okay. Yeah. But we'll check out his Instagram, Bob Ram and the Rams, see what they're doing. Check out whatever local bands are playing. Keep the scene thriving. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's it. Uh, my Instagram is WK underscore toothpaste burrito. So check that out. Maybe I'll put something on there. Twitter at my Logan, M I L O G A N. If I ever do anything, I'll, I'll put it on there. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, thanks Milo. Thanks for coming on. Uh, next up next, we have Milo playing Astro zombies by the misfits. Oh, wow. 